I'm Erin. I'm Sarah. I'm Megan. And this is the Tribbles and Transporters podcast. You could write about something in science fiction. So I dreamed up the Star Trek idea so that I could comment on man and society. The whole show was an attempt to say that humanity will reach maturity and wisdom on the day that it begins not just to tolerate, but to take a special delight in differences in ideas and differences in life forms. You know the greatest danger facing us is ourselves and a rational fear of the unknown. There's no such thing as the unknown. Only things temporarily hidden, temporarily not understood. Open your mind to the past, art, history, philosophy, and all this may mean something. There comes a time in every man's life when he must stop thinking and start doing. Fear only exists for one purpose, to be conquered. We're going to stumble, make mistakes, I'm sure, more than a few before we find our footing. But we're going to learn from those mistakes. That's what being human is all about. The heart of real science fiction is stories about people and ideas. Because it says it's not all over, it's not going to go up in smoke, we're going to make it. Because it says the human adventure has just begun. Welcome to episode 40 of the Tribbles and Transporters podcast, hosted by your three Trekkie gals who grew up in the 90s watching Star Trek. But despite that, there's a lot of Star Trek that we have not seen before, namely the original series and Enterprise. So we're using this podcast to go back and watch through the completed series, and a lot of it we're seeing for the very first time. So we discussed our reactions to the episodes while bringing you some cool behind-the-scenes stuff. And we also do some topic episodes, such as our episode today, where we are continuing our discussion of the top 50 characters in Star Trek. Today's episode, we're going to be going through number 25 all the way to 1. And the conversation gets a lot more interesting the closer to number 1 we get, because obviously it's going to be kind of controversial who like the top, the top, top characters are, you know. We would like to hear from you guys of whether or not you agree with us about where these characters are placed. So because we split up the last episode into two parts, this episode is going to be slightly different than our usual format. There will be no Star Trek music challenge or quiz, obviously. If you're listening for the first time, the Star Trek music challenge is where I personally choose a small clip of Star Trek music, and Aaron and Megan have to figure out where it's from. And then the quiz is when we quiz each other on the episode that we watched, and kind of keep score of who's winning uh, the most quizzes and so forth. But obviously, uh, none of that happened for this episode, so we're going to kind of jump right into the discussion. Also, if you're listening for the first time, I just want to very quickly kind of introduce who we are. And my name is Sarah, and my favorite series is TNG, but I have not seen most of the original series Deep Space Nine, Voyager, or Enterprise. So I'm being exposed to a lot of Star Trek for the first time in this podcast, and it's been fun. Erin's favorite series is Voyager, and she's seen most of Star Trek except for the original series and Enterprise, so that stuff is new to her. And Megan's favorite series is Deep Space Nine, and she kind of, like Erin, has seen most of Star Trek except for the original series and Enterprise. She's seen a little bit more of that than we have, 
but has not seen the entirety of those of those shows. So that's kind of where we stand with everything. So keep that in mind as we go through this character list, that there might be some characters where we just haven't seen enough of Star Trek to have a definitive opinion on them, but we're going to do our very best, and I'm personally going to be relying on Aaron and Megan to fill in the gaps of my knowledge with Star Trek. But without further ado, we're going to head right back into our discussion and join Megan and Aaron there. We're going to start out with number 25. So we are halfway through the list, and that brings us to Chakotay at number 25. I'm a little baffled by this one because I feel like he should be further down the list behind a lot of these characters that we've just mentioned. Again, I don't know enough about his character to really be 100% confident about that, but it just seems like Kira Nerys and definitely Sulu and Uhura should be ahead of him, but I will defer to uh, Aaron and Megan on this one. No, I I would 100% agree with you on that. I'd probably possibly even put Dax higher just because of what we said about having such a a deep backstory impact on Star Trek. Um, Chakotay is a good character. He's very well acted. Going back and looking at it with eyes adjusted a little better than in the past for nuances of dealing with cultures and that sort of thing, Chicote was not handled very well. I mean, he's just kind of this nebulous Native American. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's not a lot of detail put in there. So it, it almost, I'm sure to a lot of people feels like, oh, great, they, they gave us the token native character and didn't really put a lot of thought into it. So with that sort of thing, yeah, I probably would put him behind some of these other characters. I do like Chakotay, mainly because he's on Voyager and has a big impact in that story. Definitely needs to be in the top 50, but there are characters I would put above him. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I wouldn't, I for sure would not put him at number 25, although his, his character itself um, from what we've learned through his time on Voyager is that he was a Starfleet officer, left Starfleet to join the Maquis, then <laughs> through the circumstances ends up as the first officer of Voyager. So, I mean, I would say his time there for sure was able to let go of the anger that he had of what happened to the people there and why he joined the Maquis. But I, yeah, I, I just, I don't know that I would put him it, I would not. Put, I know I wouldn't put him at number twenty-five. Honestly, I would probably put him at like forty-seven, forty-eight. Wow, <laughs> just because he doesn't have doesn't have much of an impact outside of Voyager itself. Mm. Um, not that he's. I've enjoyed him as uh, enjoyed the character on the show, and agree one hundred percent with what you said, Aaron. That they just they had so many different things they could have done with that character and didn't. Yeah, and some of this stuff, you know, I've learned through listening uh, to the Delta Flyers and some of the behind the scenes there and how the way the writers treated some of the backstories to these characters and just kind of throwing details in there, whether they were culturally appropriate or not. You know, it's it's eye-opening for sure. And it's definitely something that I guess if, if that's um, the impact of Chicote is is learning how we need to be more detailed in our writing rather than having these broad strokes. Then I would say that's a good impact for the character. But as far as Star Trek as a whole, it definitely is just 
a character who only impacts Voyager. And at number 24, we have Mr. Miles O'Brien. I definitely think he deserves to be in the top 25. He was a fairly major character in TNG. He was a recurring character, not part of the main cast, but we saw him a lot. He was in a lot of episodes. I think at one point we listed how many he was in, and it was a lot more than I thought he was in. So, And of course, they gave him a wife and a kid on TNG, so he wasn't a minor recurring character. He was kind of a major one. And then, of course, he went over to Deep Space Nine to become one of the main cast over there. So uh, just like Michael Dorn, he has the honor of being on two different series. I really like his character. He's a very likable character. He's fun to watch. I think just for the the sheer aspect that he was on two different series, he deserves to be in the top 25. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I'm great with him being at number 24 to be on these two shows and have the significant character growth and impact that he did have on Next Generation and especially on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I thought he was a great character and great at number 24. Well, that's a 100% agreement because I also liked him being this high on the list and for the same reasons of just being that thread that tied TNG and Deep Space Nine together from the very beginning and to have taken this character that was simply a recurring character with perhaps a, a minor role to begin with. Um, and then just really grow that character over the long term. I definitely agree with him being at number 24. All right. And kind of staying with the TNG theme, we've got Deanna Troy at number 23. Now, Deanna is one of my favorite characters because she goes with Riker. Um, but again, I think I would have put Uhura and Sulu ahead of her. I was going to say maybe she's about right where she is, although I could see her moving up a little bit because of her role on Picard recently, and also because she's going to be on the Lower Decks in the the, uh, second season of Lower Decks as well. So she's going to be seen across multiple series. Her role in Picard was, I think, outstanding, and um, her character, as time went on, became more and more important to... Uh, TNG and to uh, the franchise as a whole. And of course, she had kind of a significant impact in Nemesis. You know, she was the one that kind of helped them locate the um, villain in that. So uh, I wouldn't put her in like the top 15 characters, probably, but I could see her being anywhere between like 23 and 15, maybe. I would probably put her ahead of Jordi LaForge, who I see a little yeah. further up the list. Yeah, I, I think I would have to agree. You know, she, this character was not just on Next Generation and in the Next Generation movies, but it was also in Voyager. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Also um, in Enterprise, although she wasn't interacting, truly interacting with the Enterprise cast. Uh, well, anyway, when we get to that episode, you'll see. I've seen that um, episode. <laughs> but, uh, and then to be, to be in to be in Picard and to have that kind of impact, I, I would agree. I don't know that I would put her in the top 15. I think I would bump her up the list um, a little bit more. But I mean, I also, she's one of my favorite characters on Next Generation as well. So I for sure would not put her any lower. No. See, it's funny you say that because 
as someone who hasn't watched a lot of TNG recently, I have seen, I believe, all of it, um, but not very much recently. And forgetting about the fact that she shows up in multiple other things, I was a little surprised at how high up she was on the list. And I was more thinking of her the way she is characterized in the early part of TNG. So that's where I was getting a little surprised with her being um, in the top 25. But when you guys mention all that stuff, for me, I would say that puts her right about where where I would expect to see her. Now, that being said, there are characters above her that I probably would move below her. So that would bump her up on the list just because of that. Yeah, I don't think I would have personally moved her that high up the list without you guys explaining all of that and reminding me. So um, I'm going to say I'm happy with where she is. All right. Number 22 is Quark, who is one of my favorite uh, characters on Deep Space Nine because he's a smart aleck jerk most of the time. <laughs> I love characters <laughs> like that. Um I would say he's probably about where he should be from what I know of him. Uh, he is one of the more popular characters, I think, on DS9, unless I'm gauging that wrong. I think he's also one of the more memorable characters in Star Trek as well, because he's kind of like a good guy, but he's kind of not in a way, too. He's a very unique character, I think. He's certainly the Ferengi that we... I think he's he's the guy that represents the Ferengi for us in Star Trek, uh, which also kind of puts him on a little bit of a pedestal in that way. But I would I would kind of agree with where he is on this. I would put Deanna Troy ahead of him for sure, as far as just like impact goes. But as far as like memorable characters, yeah, I think he could, he should probably be in the top 25. See, Quark, yeah. Quark was one of the characters I would put beneath Deanna Troy. And I don't know that I personally would have put him in the top 25. I agree with you that he he is kind of the representative Ferengi when we think about them. And they really did use his character to flesh out the Ferengi. And I think that was really important for the story of Star Trek. But as far as having far-reaching impact or anything like that, I definitely would have put a, him lower on the list. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy with where he is on the list. Like, for me, he is a much-beloved character. He's, you know, had huge growth in Deep Space Nine um, and became, like, a character that everyone really liked. Like, it just, it was, you know, he had a lot of his own storylines um, inside Deep Space Nine. Um did advance how we perceive the Klingon people or Klingon, the um, <laughs> Ferengi people. Uh, there's there's people on this list that I would have higher than him, but I've, I'm perfectly content that he's in the top 25. I do have to agree that I, when I first saw this list, I don't know that I would have had him in the top 25 at all. But yeah, I'm, I'm happy with where he's sitting. All right. Number 21 is Pavel Chekhov. And, of course, he's an original series character. I think he kind of is like Sulu in a lot of ways. They kind of like sat at the front console on the bridge. What was his role specifically? Was one of them the, uh, what do you call it, the con or uh, he flies the ship? And Well, he's largely tactical, um, okay. but it's, it's kind of nebulous um, what 
those two characters kind of overlapped in their duties a fair bit. Um, mm-hmm. Sulu was very definitely the pilot of the ship. Um, and he did a lot of the navigational things. Um, Chekhov occasionally did some of the navigational stuff, but was largely tactical. Okay. See, I feel like he and Sulu kind of go together on yeah. this. I would put him in the top 25 just because he's a TOS character, but I don't, you know, it's kind of like with Sulu, what exactly did they do as far as like importance to the in universe Star Trek? Mm. And then obviously, just for the franchise, you know, they go higher up on the list because they were in the original series. Yeah. And uh, kind of linked along with the impact that Sulu and Uhura had uh, outside of the story of Star Trek, um, with him being a Russian character, um, mm-hmm. that was important at the time to show the the characters all interacting as equals and in a friendly manner. One of my favorite little things about Chekhov and uh, his pseudo-Russian accent, which is, you know, it it works for the character, but is not a true Russian accent. Um, I love well, Anton Yelchin's was much, much more closer than it. It was closer, although he did add the the V's being pronounced yeah. as W's because that's so iconically Chekhov. Yep. But I just love the fact that they had the V's being the portion that was so prominent, and yet there's a V in all three parts of his name. Yeah. <laughs> and when he says his name, he says the V's correctly. <laughs> so that always makes me laugh. Uh, as far as Chekhov as a character, uh, again, because he's original series, definitely should be high on the list. I would say I like where he is, but the other original series characters that we've already talked about should be closer to him. All right. Number 20, we have Jonathan Archer who, of course, is the captain on Enterprise. In-universe Star Trek, I know, even though we haven't watched the series, really, I have seen the final episode of Enterprise, and I know that he makes a big speech at a major gathering of Federation. I I feel like he's signing some charter for the Federation, but I don't remember exactly what it is. So his character, obviously, is one of the more important ones as far as uh, the beginnings of everything. I guess he probably does definitely deserves to be in the top 25, top 20, really. So I'm fine with where he is. But again, I'm kind of like saying this in a bit of a vacuum because I haven't seen most of his character yet. Yeah, I would say just from what I remember from watching the show, um, I would actually have put his character up higher um, in the list just for the sheer impact that that character has on the one it's they're on the first warp ship out in space um, and he's the captain of that ship so he's doing a lot of first interactions with people and species what he does there and the impact that he has on the foundation of the federation i would totally i would put his character up higher i don't know (sighs) I don't know that I would put it in the top 10, but I would put it up higher than number 20. Yeah, I'm a little more like Sarah in that I haven't seen as much of Enterprise, but even just in the first few episodes, you can see how much of an impact 
Archer has on this whole story. And not just in the same way that, oh, well, you know, the other captains had a big impact because they were the captain. He very clearly is a driving force behind a lot of what happens with the Federation. So I would tend to agree that I would have expected him to be higher on the list. I am certainly happy with him being in the top 25, um, but I believe that some of the characters above him probably uh, should be below him as far as impact and uh, just place in the story. Yeah, I actually agree with that. So I changed my numbering of him a little bit. I would put him a little bit higher, definitely above some of the characters that are higher than him, for sure. Uh, Speaking of characters that are higher than him, we got number 19, and that is Odo. Uh, Again, I don't feel like I could give a super intelligent uh, opinion on this one, but I know Odo is one of the more important characters in Deep Space Nine, especially towards like the the last half of the series um, and his involvement with the Founders and the war and stuff like that. I don't know if he, if Archer should be below him though. Um, And I don't know if he should be above some of the original series characters. I don't know if he should be above Deanna Troy, even, honestly, because I feel like his impact is restricted to Deep Space Nine as far as, like, the franchise goes. But overall, maybe his character had a greater impact in, like, the Federation. You guys are going to have to enlighten me a little bit on this one. (laughs) I will say, like, inside of Deep Space Nine, like, he was a major pivotal character. Um, Really goes from... You know, really having a first time of seeing a true shapeshifter, although we had that in the Star Trek VI movie with having a cameloid character, but to have this character that turns to goo (laughs) and can become basically any shape, um, anything. So it it led to great um, story arcs. Uh, Then having the the founders come into that um, and having him basically turn his back on his people he was the first um, changeling to kill another changeling um, and is punished by his people. He's made human, uh, which is the, the one of the worst things that, that his people could do since they have such an aversion to that. So, you know, you have that. And then as the storyline goes on, he uh, comes back and becomes a changeling again. And then he's the one that inf- really infects the the founders um, with this disease that's going through them um, unknowingly does that. He Starfleet did something to him, did this to him. So he becomes a Trojan horse basically to his people. And then eventually with Dr. Bashir's help, he also gets sick by this. And Dr. Bashir comes up with a cure for it, gives that to him and basically is able to, he basically ends the, the dominion war. One of this, the caveats is that he goes and cures his people. So inside of that, to have that kind of impact with that type of character for sure needs to be on the list. I don't know that he needs to be number 19. So yeah. I've, I feel like there are other characters that, that need to be, that has had more of an impact um, that need to be higher than him. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where I'd put him number wise on the list, but I would not put him as high as 19. Yeah. I would 
agree completely. Uh, totally a unique character, a very pivotal character for Deep Space Nine. Uh, but there are other characters I would definitely see um, impacting the whole of Star Trek, or at least further than just the one series. So I would put them above Odo. And um, I mean, I I would for sure put Kira above Odo. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. It's an interesting one because there is so much there that if you didn't have Odo in the story, you couldn't have done. So um, he's definitely a very important character, but uh, yeah, probably not in the top 20. Man, after Aaron or after Megan's description of him, I thought he was going to be like in the top 10. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we have number 18 is Trip Tucker. This one kind of baffles me because he must do something in Enterprise as big in order to make it to number 18. Uh, yeah, because he's was... above Jonathan Archer and Oda, who ended the Dominion War. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, obviously, I don't know a ton about what happens with him. He is my favorite character on Enterprise, but uh, I don't know. Aaron, do you know something I don't? Oh, I definitely don't. Um, okay. <laughs> I was completely surprised by this one. I have no problem seeing Archer up that high. Um, I was a little surprised by some of the other Enterprise characters being so low on the list. And I, w I was equally surprised by Trip being so high on the list. So I don't know whether there is something coming up that... Uh, you know, Megan might know a little better, but, um, and there may be people screaming at the podcast right now going, well, of course he's where he is. Um, but to me, I'm wondering if there's a little bit of personal preference that got put into that choice on this list. Just from what I know of him, I would have put him much further down. You know, I, yeah. I don't see why he, he is so much above most of the other Enterprise characters. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love this character, and I love this character on Enterprise, I don't remember. I know there's storylines on him on this. Like we just reviewed one uh, with him, but I don't. I don't even know that I would have him in the top fifty, top one hundred for sure. I would have maybe at fifty one, fifty two, fifty three, not at number eighteen. I because I, I I don't know why he's this high on the list. He does get killed in the last episode, so I don't know if he if that had some. I don't remember. I thought it was just like he got shot or something. It wasn't even that big of a deal, but maybe that had like some sort of impact that rippled maybe. throughout the entire Federation. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll we'll find out when we get farther into Enterprise. So yeah, sorry, we really like him as a character. Just, <laughs> yeah, not this high on this list. So yeah, I was just gonna say. Now we already mentioned. Uh, being a little surprised that uh, our next person is this high on the list as well. Uh, number 17, Jordi LaForge. Totally a great character. Um, has a lot of neat backstory and definitely super important on, on TNG. But interesting that he's this high. Um, I imagine you 
the other two have more to say on this because they they do remember TNG much better than I do. I kind of agree with you, Aaron. I don't know why Jordy is this high. Yeah, he's just he's he's one of those characters is a little bit in the background. I feel like in the main cast, I would probably rank him maybe in the thirties because I feel like TNG was the most successful Star Trek series. So the the characters deserve some recognition just for that, but yeah, no idea why he's number seventeen. Yeah, I I wouldn't rank him at another number seventeen either. I'd have him much lower down. I, I agree with both of you. I don't know why he's this high on the list. He's a great character. I love the character, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have him this high on the list. I would not have him above Miles O'Brien for sure. If we're just comparing engineers at, and the impact on that type i wouldn't have them that high but yeah uh number 16 we have montgomery scott or scotty as he's more affectionately known you know what i i think he's probably about right he might could go up another couple of slots but obviously he's one of the more iconic characters in star trek with the whole beam me up scotty you know everybody's heard that he does show up on tng in an episode one of the more memorable episodes of that and of course, he's. I feel like he had a decent role to play in the movies. Although I don't, you know, if you listen to this podcast, you know, I don't really remember much from the movies. <laughs> but um, I feel like I remember him, like, especially in the Voyage Home, I remember him a lot in that movie. But hmm. I don't know. I think he's probably okay where he is. But what do you guys think? Yeah, I'm happy with him at. At number 16, you know, to have that character that was, you know, in the original series and the original series movies was in, um, was in the next generations, the crossover movie, and then to be in an episode that was in next generation. Um, for me, like his character and just looking at the history of that character had a pretty big impact, uh, not just to be an original series character, but his character, um, that we learn in one of the movies that he helps design the neck or not design the ship, but helps do the engineering design of the next generation of the enterprise ship. So he says he knows it like the back of his hand. Um, so just the impact that he has inside the realm of engineering, I would, I would put him, leave him where he is at number 16. Yeah. I like him being definitely this high up on the list. Um, certainly an, absolutely iconic character. I really enjoy the character as well. Um, so yeah, I have no problems whatsoever with him being at number 16. Although it it's kind of funny. I wonder if the person who wrote this list um, had a uh, affinity for the uh, engineers because <laughs> yeah. he kind of clumped most of them together. <laughs> well, the next person on our list definitely is not an engineer, but he is definitely one of the creepier bad guys mm. in Star Trek. And we kind of talked about him in one of our last couple of episodes. And that is number 15, Ducat. I feel like he probably should not be this high up on this list. I think he should be in the top 50, but I would probably put him a little bit lower. Again, he's a DS9 character, so I'm not going to have a ton to say about him, but I do remember him having like a major villain role in the Dominion War, and I do remember him creeping me out a lot. I don't know. Does he deserve to be in the top 15, do you think? I, he has a very major impact inside Deep Space Nine. To not be a main cast character 
his impact is really high. I don't know that I would have him in the top 15. Again, his impact does, uh, he he brings, basically brings the war to the Federation, the Dominion War. Um, but he was, I mean, inside the history of Deep Space Nine, he may, he may be okay in the top 20 because um, he was during the, the Cardassian occupation of Bajor. He was the prefect of Bajor. And then eventually, you know, once that is overthrown, he um, has influence um, inside of Cardassia and then joins Cardassia to the Dominion, brings the enemies of the prophets to them and is then killed at the end of all of that. So he has a huge storyline inside of Deep Space Nine. Outside of that, I don't know the lasting impact of that character. Yeah, I definitely would have put him lower on the list. Um, I probably would have put him below Scotty, probably below uh, Archer. Having said that, though, of the Star Trek villains, he's probably the one that stands out to me as the one that I really felt he was a villain Mm -hmm. in the true sense of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so many of the other villains you can see, oh, well, they're just putting their culture forward just like the Federation is putting their culture forward or that person was misguided or that person was corrupted. Dukat just is that way. Mm Mm-hmm. That is who he is. And yes, there are definitely character moments that they put in there to show that, yes, he is a a person and therefore you can identify with him that way. In the end, it all comes around to he's always putting himself first. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would definitely put him in the top 50 characters. I don't think I would have him in the top I definitely wouldn't have him in the top 15. I I don't know about top 25. That's probably where I start to waver a little bit. Um certainly wouldn't have him above some of these other characters. All right, and that brings us to number 14 and we have Aaron's favorite character, Catherine Janeway. I guarantee you Aaron's going to agree that Catherine should be in the top 15. Uh, where though I'd be interested to hear um, I do know Janeway is mentioned in Star Trek or she shows up in Star Trek Nemesis I can't mm-hmm. remember if that's a deleted mm-hmm. scene or not no um, she's in it yeah she makes Admiral um, of course she's kind of famous in Starfleet for uh, being the captain of the ship that got lost in the Delta Quadrant uh, obviously, she captained the ship through the Delta Quadrant, so she has all of these novel experiences that she's bringing back to the Federation. It becomes quite a name. And I think she's also, uh, I mean, I don't want to take anything away from what you're going to say, Aaron, but <laughs> obviously she's, you know, the first female captain in Star Trek, which was kind of groundbreaking for the show. Uh, so I, I definitely think she deserves to be in the top 15. Um, but Aaron, I'll let you take it from here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously if I'm being completely biased, I would put her in number one, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) if I am looking at it with the same, um, characteristics and categories we've put on all the other characters, I personally would put her in the top 10. 
I don't know where within that top 10. I definitely think some of your original series characters and stuff like that would would go above Janeway. Like you say, being the first female captain. I mean, there there were female captains mentioned, I believe shown in some of the other series, but this was the first female captain as a main character. And she she was very much the character that I identified with. I wanted to be her when I was a kid. And, you know, it had a huge impact on my life, still does. So because of that, I would definitely put her in the top 10. And there there are lots of things that, um, like you say, she shows up in other series. And we've had a recent announcement that she is going to be the captain for Star Trek Prodigy. So um, that is going to be the Nickelodeon animated series. So I may have done a little bit of a happy dance um, <laughs> when I found that out. Um, and I liked the way that Kate Mulgrew in the announcement put it. She at first was a little hesitant when she was approached for it because um, she thought, you know, this, this character's already had so much and I, I've, put so much of myself into this character do i really see do do i really want an animated version but then she thought about it in terms of she's the the first female captain she got to represent a lot of women who were looking for a role model and that sort of thing and now she gets to be the first children's captain is how she put it which of course she said, she then said now i understand all generations are going to be in the in the room watching but those little little sponges that children are are going to get to to look up to this same character so with all of those things put in there i would bump her up the list i'm not going to be selfish and put her at number 1 but uh, yeah for a lot of reasons i'm definitely happy she's in the top 15 on this uh, for me, um, n- knowing now everything that Aaron has said, I would, I'd keep her at where she is. Um, before Aaron said any of that, I would have her in the top twenty-five. I wouldn't have had her as high up as number fourteen. But I mean, she's a great character, groundbreaking. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with where she is at fourteen. All right, yeah, I think it's cool that they're bringing her back for the Prodigy series. Uh, they're doing that with several of the characters. They're making them animated from you know, the previous <laughs> shows. So I think it's kind of cool. Uh, we're going to see slightly different versions of these characters, but I think it'll be fun. So Yeah. All right, number 13, we have Khan. Should I have yelled it? <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah. I, I should have typed it with a bunch of A's. Yeah, yeah you should have. <laughs> I don't want to blow anybody's eardrums out. <laughs> no. Um, I, was d- I had that going in my head, just so you're aware. <laughs> so Khan obviously was the main villain in The Wrath of Khan. Uh, I think he's mentioned in the, the original series as well. Is it, oh, didn't he show up in the original series? Yeah, he definitely yes. he appears in the original series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that episode. Um, I have seen the movie once, like twenty five years ago, and I don't remember <laughs> anything about it except uh. for the slugs that were in people's ears. But. <laughs> I 
really don't know what to say about this one, honestly. Like, I, I feel like he's really popular in pop culture because a lot of, I, I see the reference of Khan, like people yelling his name a lot mm. uh, in different things. So I feel like he's kind of out there in pop culture. However, I feel like most people don't know who he is. <laughs> they just know <laughs> the name that you yell it, you know? So I don't know. Uh, I'll let you guys kind of give your takes on this one. I would say, like, inside the history of Star Trek, uh, or, yeah, that Star Trek establishes as history, that he's a fairly important character um, inside of that. The fact that he comes out of the eugenics wars um, is a genetically modified or genetically enhanced human is the reason why that's banned. That, But he it, it is, like, a cult favorite character as well um, to have only been, I think, in just one episode in the original series and then to be in the wrath of Khan and then to have the character reimagined and so brilliantly acted by Benedict Cumberbatch and into darkness. I don't know that I would have the character this high on the list. I don't know where I'd put it either. It it for sure has an impact inside of the star Trek world. Not at number 13 though. Yeah. I would completely agree with you. Um, As a pop culture icon, definitely up on the list but as far as direct impact in star trek there there are several characters i would put above him but as far as being such a well-loved character i mean he's quite possibly the most well-loved villain so i i see why he's high on the list i disagree but i'm okay with it if that's what you know, the the majority of people would probably be okay with where he is. All right, moving on to number 12, we have my favorite character, William Riker. See, this one's a little weird for me because I feel like there are aspects of his character that put him in the top 10, but at the same time, I feel like there are probably enough characters ahead of him to kind of slightly push him out of the top 10 to where he is here. It'll be interesting to hear what you guys think, but obviously Riker is one of those characters that's been across multiple series. Uh, He was one of the most iconic characters on TNG. He's been in Picard, he's been in Voyager, he's been in DS9, he's been in Lower Decks, he's been on Picard. He's been Um, in Enterprise. He's been on Enterprise. (laughs) So I'm waiting to see if they get him on Discovery somehow. But, um, I mean, this guy has been across... Almost all of his series. He's been in four movies. I think the fans love seeing him on Picard again when he showed up as a captain. That seems to be one of the highlights of that first season. Uh, and of course, I think he was great in Nepenthe. He has some really iconic moments in the franchise, you know, when he said fire, you know, in Best of Both Worlds. So as far as like his impact within the Star Trek universe, He's got a bit of an impact, but I don't think it's super far-reaching. That's kind of, for me, what keeps him out of the top ten a little bit. But I think as a character and the franchise as a whole, you could make an argument for him being in the top ten, I think. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I I agree. I, I think you could definitely make an argument for him being in the top ten. Um, there are some characters... Not a lot of characters above him on this list that I could move, but um, a couple, and I I would see Riker moving up because of that. 
Um, he's definitely very, very important to the story of Star Trek. Maybe doesn't have the impact of some of the other characters as far as creating history uh, in Star Trek, but there are a lot of things that you could argue if Riker wasn't there, they wouldn't have happened. Um, he may not have been the cause of them, but I think it's it's important to recognize that there are some characters that inhabit a support role at such a key level that you, you couldn't do away with them. And I think Riker is one of those characters. Throughout TNG, you could say he's second fiddle to Picard, but Picard wouldn't be the same character without Riker. And that show wouldn't be the same without him. And then because of that, all these other series that are impacted by him wouldn't be the same without him. So I completely agree with him being in the top 15 and I, I could make the argument for him being higher. Well, I'm glad that you spoke before I did. Cause I was going <laughs> to move him down on the list. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not, not too much. Like he needs to be in the top 20. I don't, I originally in my thinking, I would not have put him at 12, but however, I will, after listening to the two of you, I'm happily willing to leave him at number 12. So yeah, you, you, made some excellent points so i will i will defer <laughs> what i was thinking to, to aaron on this one okay well you you saved yourself with that one now i will say the next character on the list is one of the ones i would argue for moving Riker above this character which is number 11 garrick now garrick is one of those characters that He's super intriguing. Uh, he is unique, I think, because of the way he's characterized. And he has impact in Deep Space Nine, but he kind of doesn't. Mm -hmm. And he's he's liked because of how intriguing he is and how well written, well acted he is. On Twitter, uh, I forget the name, but someone was asking, saying, you know, I'm doing a watch through of Deep Space Nine for the first time, and I've come across this character Garrick a couple of times. You know, I don't want spoilers, but am I supposed to like this guy? <laughs> is is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? Is he yes. a spy? Is he not? That's exactly the answer I gave. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> that That is all the, the above. Yeah. Um, he is the, the character that is just a perpetual enigma, and that's the way we like him. But I don't think I would have put him above Riker. No. I personally wouldn't have put him a, above Janeway, above Khan, above Scotty. You know, there are a lot of characters I would have put above Garrick, not because he's not great, but because I think their impact was greater. Yeah. I mean, even looking at the list, you know, the next one down, the next Deep Space Nine character down on the list is Ducat. I wouldn't have put him above Ducat either. Mm. Um, so just, yeah. I mean, he's a great character. Um, I brilliantly acted. I, I don't think I, I would. No, I don't think there is no think I would not put him at number 11 on the list. 
Like it just it wouldn't he would have been much farther down on the list if he'd been in the top fifty for me. Well, even looking at at Deep Space Nine characters in general, to to have Garrick that far above Kira mm-hmm. is weird to me. Yep. Um now if you're looking at it from a writing standpoint and stuff, okay, I can kind of see why he's so high up. Um, maybe not quite that high, but yeah, it's it's an enigma, just like the character is. Right. Yep. I remember Garrick as he, him being the tailor on Deep Space Nine, and I mm-hmm. do remember there was a spy element to his character, but other than... And I know he's very well-liked. Like, I can see that on the internet, the people seem to really like him. I remember not disliking him, but I also remember not really thinking a whole lot about his character either. So I'm actually really shocked that he's up here. I feel like he would probably be, if he's on this list at all, I'm not sure I would have picked him to be on this list. But again, I'm a little ignorant here because I've not seen as much DS9 as you guys. I probably, if he is on this list, I probably would have put him in like the 30s or the 40s, honestly, from Mm. what I know of him. So yeah, I have no idea why he's at number 11. That makes no sense to me. Yeah, he's one of those characters that just looking at the list as a whole, just on on the principle of some of these others being main characters and him being a recurring character, I would put him below them. Moving on to number 10 on the list, we are finally in the top 10. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, the Doctor from Voyager. I was wondering which Doctor this was. <laughs> Is that his name? Seriously, just the Doctor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't have a name? Nope. Nope. I mean, he he test drives several names, um, mm-hmm. and occasionally he ends up being called Doc Zimmerman just because you know uh, Zimmerman was the the guy who created the program and and lent his image to it and everything. But uh, yeah, no, his his character is literally just the Doctor or the EMH. Okay. See, again, for me, this is a character that I just don't know that I would have in the top 10. Although he's a fantastic character. His overarching storyline is great. Um, He goes from being just the EMH to being recognized as fully sentient. That's still just exclusive to Voyager, though. So, yeah, I mean, he's a great character. I just, I don't know that I'd have him at number 10 on the list. Yeah. Even if you look just exclusively at Voyager... I think it's a little weird to have the Doctor above Janeway because of the the impact of outside of the storyline. Now, the Doctor's storyline is very unique and has a lot of situations that allow them to talk about issues of human rights and all of that sort of thing. So it it is very important to the idea of Star Trek being a vehicle to comment on society and that sort of thing. Like you say, extremely well acted, um, very well loved. I would put him lower on the list simply because there are characters I would move above him. Mm-hmm. Um, not because he doesn't have a big impact. I see why they put him higher up, but there, there are other characters I would say have more of an impact on Star Trek as a whole than the Doctor. Yeah, this one for me is another mystery. I don't really understand why he's at number 10. I probably would put him outside the top 25. I, d- I don't know. Maybe it's because he's like one of the first EMHs to be rolled out 
in Starfleet, and we know that that kind of became a thing, you know, from Picard. Other than that, though, I feel like he's kind of what you guys said. His impact is really confined to Voyager, and I feel like he's not even, like, the top character on Voyager. So, yeah, it's really weird that he's above Janeway. I would probably put him in the high 20s, maybe low 30s on this list. Now, the next character on this list, um, we, we've we heard a lot of opinions on, um, <laughs> but... You know, I, I'm going to kind of let you guys run with this one, uh, which is number nine, Q. What do you mean you're going to let us run with it? <laughs> well, I guess um, because you have a better perspective on the character, I think, I mine is kind I of- I disagree. Yeah? I think you have a better perspective because you've seen Voyager. Well, the I don't know that- what happens in Voyager really changes his character a lot. Um, it it does add some some fun to the character, and I see why a lot of people love him. I was just it, it's very similar to the way I feel about T'Pol. There's just something about him that rubs me the wrong way. Now, having said that, I agree that he's a very important character. He's very well written, extremely well acted. Mm-hmm. He just rubs me the wrong way, and it's it's not a a tangible thing. It's just a feeling. And see, for me, I love Q. I I mean, I love that character. Um, the fact that he's been on uh, Next Generation, was on an episode of Deep Space Nine, was in several episodes of Voyager. Uh, yeah, again, brilliantly acted. I would not have him at number nine on the list. There, I think there are so many other characters, uh, just simply for the fact that outside of Voyager and introducing the Borg on Deep Space Nine, he doesn't have a major impact overall on Star Trek. So I'd, I would not have him at number nine. I would have him in the top 50. I'd have him much lower on the list, but not at number nine. Yeah, I think he he should be in the top 20, uh, but I don't know if I would put him in the top 10. I really like his character, like Megan, um, and I think you meant he introduced the Borg on TNG and not at DS9. But Oh, is that what I said? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you're right. I was trying to figure out how that happened. Sorry. But <laughs> it's getting late, everyone, for recording this. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I pretty much agree with Megan. Uh, he really was mostly just a character uh, as a vehicle for Roddenberry to explore the human condition and as comic relief. That's mm. pretty much what his character was, um, other than the one or two other things that he did, like introducing the Borg. And, and I also think he's he's one of those love-to-hate villains. I don't even know if you can really say he's a villain, necessarily. <laughs> I was about to say that. I mean, he does give uh, Picard and the various captains a hard time, the crew members a hard time, but he's also on their side a little bit with some stuff. So, yeah, yeah he is also a very iconic character. Mm. Um, but I don't think I would put him above some of the t- the original series characters. Yeah who are more iconic than him. So I, yeah, I, I would probably put him, I'd probably put him around number 15 or so maybe. See, I'm surprised. That's, that's kind of why I said I would let you guys go with it because I thought you would more agree with, with his placement than you do. Mm -mm. He's a, a a difficult one um, as far as, as placement because he is so popular. 
Well, like I said at the beginning, we're trying to be a little bit more objective than that mm. with this. So just because you like a character doesn't mean that you should place them high on the list. So. Yeah. Now, the next character I do agree should be high on the list, and that is number eight, Captain Sisko. I think he makes a great impact in Deep Space Nine. I like the way he's a very different captain from the two that that came before him in terms of the series being released. I love the way he interacts with his crew, and I I very much like the fact they made him a father, and you get to see him carry that all the way through the series. And uh, I, I really like Captain Sisko. You know, it's it's good to see him this high on the list for me. Yeah, I am for sure in the realm of Deep Space Nine. I would argue that he is the most important character um, inside that show. Not just for the fact that he's the captain um, of the space station, but for everything else that he is inside of that show as well. So inside the overarching of Star Trek, I don't, he doesn't really have much of an impact outside of Deep Space Nine. So for that aspect, I don't know that I'd have him at number eight on the list, but I'm okay with where he is too. I think you could probably make an argument that all of the captains should be in the top 10 just because most of the time they're the most iconic characters on their show just because they're the captain. I think TNG, you have, you can make an exception to that. Well, maybe TNG in the original series, which have made an exception on this list, <laughs> as we'll we'll talk about. But um, I think for DS9 and Voyager, I think that's true that the captains may be the most iconic characters on those shows. Mm. And maybe Enterprise, too, for that matter. I don't know about Discovery and this new Strange New Worlds coming out and stuff, but... Yeah, Cisco for sure, I think, definitely deserves to be in the, the top 10 for all the reasons that you guys said. And that brings us to number seven. We have Dr. Leonard McCoy, and he for sure deserves to be in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's any argument about that. He's part of the famous trio of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. One of the most iconic, you know, he's dead, Jim. All mm -hmm. of those lines, you know. I'm a doctor, uh, not a... Fill in whatever, the blank. Bricklayer, whatever. <laughs> Even though he didn't say bricklayer, right? No, he did. That was he actually did. one of no, them. He did say that one. There's one yeah. of them that he actually didn't say. But seven, I could, I could even see him being higher than that. I would put him ahead of seven of nine. I don't know why he's below her. Yeah. Or Worf. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would argue for McCoy being up at the top. I mean, it would be really easy to just put, say, Okay, you got to start with Kirk, Spock, McCoy. Mm -hmm. Maybe not necessarily in that order, depending on how you look at it. But I mean, I would expect one, two, three to be those those three, just because of how important they are to Star Trek. We do get McCoy appearing in TNG. I mean, he's in the premiere of TNG, and he's mentioned multiple times in other series, um, mostly by the Doctors, of course. Uh, and then you do get the Doctor on Voyager reprising the I'm a Doctor, not a... So it, I, I think in spirit, McCoy is very much there. I might be a little biased because he is my favorite original series character, but I, I think a lot of people would agree that uh, the, those three characters from the original series have to be in the top 10. 
Yeah, I 100% agree with Aaron. Like, I would have put him, um, glad he's in the top 10, but I would have had, you know, him in the top three for sure, just because he, he is such an iconic character inside the franchise. All right, moving on to number six, we have Seven of Nine. Personally, again, I haven't seen a lot enough of Voyager to give like a really educated opinion on Seven of Nine. Um, it's cool that they brought her back in Picard, so obviously she has an impact beyond Voyager. For me personally, I would probably put her in the top 20 characters, but I don't think she should be in the top 10. No, I I would agree. For me, it's hard because I had so much of a bias against Seven when she was first introduced to Voyager because I felt like in some ways, because of the way they they dressed the character, the way they had her act, and the fact that she was Borg didn't appeal to me. And I, I felt it was a bit of a step back from a lot of the things that Voyager had progressed in having strong characters like like Janeway and Torres and you know to some extent Kess and all these these strong females with you know showing themselves as being you know really strong intellectually and they they don't stand out not to say they don't stand out visually but you know they're they're not a visual object, which I think Seven of Nine really started out that way. It's certainly not Jeremy Ryan's fault that she's a beautiful woman, but they didn't have to put her in that catsuit. And I felt like it it kind of took a step backwards in a lot of that. Now, having said that, her character is very complex. It She did allow the story to explore a lot of really unique themes. Um, She provides a lot to the story of Voyager. So now I think having had some cooling off time, um, I am able to look at the character more objectively. I did like her in Picard. Now, was she absolutely crucial to the story? Maybe not, but I loved that she was there. I I liked how they used her in the story, so I was happy with that. I probably would say I liked her more in Picard than I did in, in Voyager. So I, I'm happy with her being certainly in the top 20. I, I'd probably say she'd, she'd be in the top 15, but not this high up in the top 10. Yeah, I would not have her at number six. I don't know that I'd have her in the top 15 either. I enjoyed her character, both on Voyager and in Picard. I agree with what Aaron said about her character in the show. Um, I don't agree with why that character was brought into the show, but I would have her probably somewhere in the 30s for me, um, if not a little bit farther down on the list. I think there are many, many more characters in the show that need to be above her in this list. So I I don't agree with her being at number six. All right. Well, that brings us to the top five. We have Worf at number five. This one is a little tricky. He might deserve to be in the top 10, but I don't know if I would have him this high up on the list. I think he would be somewhere between eight and 10, maybe for me. He obviously has been in a couple of different series. He was in the movies 
Uh, he has his character makes a lot of development in Deep Space Nine. He definitely becomes one of the more iconic characters in Star Trek. He is the face of the Klingons for us, for the most part. Uh, he doesn't really represent like that battle-hardened Klingon. He's a little bit softer version because he was raised by humans, but he is a very important character to the franchise. I don't know if he his character actually does a whole lot in-universe as far as far-reaching impact for the Federation or for Starfleet, really. I guess he was the first Klingon to serve in Starfleet. Yep. So and that was, is a feather in his cap. He ends uh, Deep Space Nine as the Federation ambassador to... Okay. All right. Yeah, I Runners. forgot about that. So that's, yeah, that's important. So, I mean, like, I would maybe agree with him being in the top 10, but I think he's too high up on this list. Yeah, I would agree. I would, for me, I'd put him at number 10 on the list. Um, I don't think he needs to be at number five, but again, is a great character, <laughs> has the most screen time on television out of the characters, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have put him at number five. I love Worf, and I loved the character development he had from Next Generation through Deep Space Nine, but yeah, again, not for number five on the list. Yeah, I'm going to be right there with you guys again you know such a an overarching character because he was in so many episodes and in movies and everything and obviously very very well loved um but simply by virtue of some other characters being more dare i say important in star trek or having more of an impact i think is what we've been saying all along um I would move him down just to make room for some of those other characters. We've got number four on our list as James T. Kirk. I think a lot of people would put Kirk in number one, and I would totally get that. Uh, a lot of him, a lot of people would put him at number two, and I could get that. I think not a lot of people would agree with him at number four. He is uh, below Picard, so I don't know. Like, I, I feel like Picard uh, did grow a lot in importance in the franchise, and maybe he is. Uh, I better walk this back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say maybe he is more important than Kirk as far as impact with it, but that's why I said I was gonna walk it back because. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I'm not saying his, I think his character is more iconic than Picard, just like pop culture wise. But in universe, uh, see, I don't remember the movies. I feel like he did some really important stuff in the movies that I'm not thinking about. Mm. So I, I would say kind of maybe what you're getting at is Kirk was more important, but Picard embodies Starfleet. So it's it's almost like you couldn't have Picard without Kirk coming before him, but because Picard so represents what Starfleet is and, and should be and where it's um, hopefully going and, and all of that sort of thing, the, there are arguments that could be made for him being above Kirk. But for me, because you don't have any of these other series without Kirk, uh, I, yeah, I like, well, like I said before, I probably would have put, you know, Kirk, Spock, McCoy, top three almost automatically. So, 
yeah, I I am not surprised that he's at number four, but uh, you know, I would have seen him in the top three. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I am surprised he's number four. I would have had him at number one on the list, um, just simply because it's Captain Kirk. <laughs> you, there is outside of Spock, there is no more iconic character than James T. Kirk. Yeah. So for him to be at number four on the list is a shock for me. He'd be number one on mine. Y'all would have guessed at what number three is since we've been talking about it and talking <laughs> about Captain Kirk. And number three is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. I think I would have, I for sure would have flip-flopped them. I, I would have put Picard at number four, probably, um, if I was ordering this list myself. Uh, he would not have been before Kirk on the <laughs> on this list for me. Um, but still, is an in his own right, an iconic captain inside the Star Trek franchise. I mean, you for sure, once you think of Kirk, the next one you think of is Picard. But I would not rank Picard above Kirk. Yeah, what I was really getting at before was that you could, there are two different ways to look at this, which we've kind of been doing this whole list, and maybe we should have done this, just said this at the beginning. But it's kind of like you can rank the characters by icon status, icon mm-hmm. status, you know, in the franchise. And then you could rank them by importance within the Star Trek universe, like within the Federation, within Starfleet. What I was getting at was, is Kirk more important to Starfleet and the Federation than Picard is? For I, He's definitely more iconic as a Star Trek character. I would definitely put him above Picard um, as far as just that. But if you look at their characters in-universe, I'm not sure if he's necessarily more important than Picard is. That's all that's all I was trying to get at before. Yeah. So Yeah, and it makes sense as a, a question. I I think of it more as they had very different roles. Um Kirk is very much more the explorer, go out there and expand the Federation, whereas Picard is very much the the face of the Federation in a lot of ways. And he's doing all these important missions for the Federation. So it's whether you, which one you weigh more developing the Federation or upholding the Federation. Well, if we go through that criteria of you put Kirk, Spock and McCoy at number one, two and three, Mm. then data would have to be like five. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, I think Data is, he's another one of those characters that because of a unique quality, he's very important to the story of Star Trek. Now, other than having an impact on Picard, he really has his his major impact in Next Generation. So in a sense if we go by how much impact they have on Star Trek as a whole, that to me would put Data a little lower on the list. But I do know that Data is an extremely well-loved character. Brent Spiner's amazing. Um, The character really pushed a lot of boundaries as far as television characters and that sort of storyline. So, it's easy to argue for him being very, very high on the list, but uh, as I've kind of already said, I wouldn't put him at number two. Yeah, I would agree. He needs to be in the top five, but not at number two. You know, to have a character that was artificial intelligence 
and to be an android that was eventually recognized as also being fully sentient, similar to the doctor, and able to make his own decisions. And the way his character evolved over that, like he's a fantastic character. Um, but again, I would I would put him a little bit down in the top five. Yeah, I already said that he probably should go about number five. Mm. Um, so, I mean, obviously he's, I think, without a doubt, the most popular character on TNG. One of the more unique characters on Star Trek. And I think definitely one of the most impactful characters just in the franchise. Uh, In-universe, yeah, Megan's kind of right. His his impact is a little less so. Uh, although I feel like put the Picard series kind of muddied that a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing was about androids. So yeah, <laughs> um, that kind of made him a little bit more important than maybe he had been previously. I don't know. Uh, we'll say number five for data. <laughs> and you, you may have figured it out uh, based on the other characters that have appeared in the list, and this person has not. Uh, we, of course, have Spock at number one. For me, it's it's different because Spock is not my favorite character in the original series, but looking at impact on Star Trek as a whole, absolutely, I... I'm totally happy with Spock at number one. Uh, of course, you know, we have Spock appearing in so many different uh, places and being so influential in the Federation as a whole, uh, being influential in other races, other timelines, and just the fact that he was the first non human character as a main character in Star Trek, super important. I I am totally happy to let Spock have number one. Yeah, same for me. I mean, if anything, I'd put him at number two um, if you were looking at McCoy, Kirk, and Spock. But for me, they, they tie for one, first place between the three of them um, in my book. So I, I'm I'm happy as well that he's where he is on the list. So he is such an iconic um, character for the entire franchise itself. So, yeah. I think he is the iconic character for the franchise. In pop culture, when people think Star Trek, they think the pointy ears and they think the uh, Vulcan salute. And that's Spock. Uh, You know, you got like shows like The Big Bang Theory. Uh, They Mm -hmm. obviously were Star Trek fans on that, but... Sheldon's go-to character for Star Trek often was Spock. So I think just the masses in general think Spock when they think Star Trek. Um, So I think for that reason, he gets the number one spot. I also think he might be more important than Kirk in-universe as well, because if you get into the movies, uh, well, first of all, he appears on TNG um, a couple of times and is important in the movement you know, he starts to get involved with the Romulans and is important in some, uh, I don't remember the plot exactly, but he's some resistance movement. Unify Vulcan and Romulus. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's an ambassador. So that's a big deal. And then in the Kelvin universe movies, which I don't know if we're going to consider that canon or not, but I don't know. I still don't understand (laughs) 
what happened. <laughs> but he went back in time or something and warned them about the destruction of Romulus, caused it. I don't remember what he did, but he has something to do with that. And that reached into Picard, you know, that series. So Spock's character has some impact beyond the original series. So yeah, I, I agree with him being in the number one spot. Yeah, I was just thinking of um, if you love the character of Spock, Leonard Nimoy um, wrote a book later in life called I Am Spock, and it's basically a, a, his biography or autobiography, and is an absolutely fantastic book. Very easy read um, that he's basically, he admits to having a split personality almost that Leonard Nimoy and that Spock became so much of a part of him. Um, that he heard Spock in his head every day on what would Spock do in this instance and Spock could answer him <laughs> and, <laughs> and tell him um, all this stuff. So yeah, I, if you have not read that book, go out and get that book. It's very, very good. Hmm. I haven't read it, but I, I do know that uh, there was a, a lot that Leonard Nimoy put into Spock that was so, it, it's almost like the the actor and the character influenced each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Star Trek would not be what it is today without Leonard Nimoy playing Spock. Yeah. Some uh, very strange picks on this list. <laughs> some mysteries that we'll never solve. Uh, some really good picks <laughs> <laughs> as well. So, uh, I don't know. Let us know what you guys think. If you're listening, uh, write in on our social media, email us, let us know if you agree, disagree with any of our opinions, how you would have ordered this list. Who would your top five be? Let us know. We'd, we'd love to hear from you about that. And, uh, Aaron will let you know how to get in touch with us and also might have some, um, feedback. I absolutely do have some feedback. Uh, we had a few comments, um, and a few people answering our listener question from the previous podcast. What we've been doing is in the episodes where we do a quiz uh, for each of us to answer each other's questions, we have been coming up with a listener question that you can answer over on social media. So um, the question from our Voyager episode uh, last time was when Janeway and Torres leave Voyager in a shuttle, how long did it take them to reach the rupture in the singularity? And uh, apparently I did a a decent job of coming up with my multiple choice uh, answers and I was able to confuse a few people. Um, A lot of people went for the 30 seconds option, but it was actually mentioned in the episode and the answer was four and a half minutes. Now, surprisingly, we only had one person answer that that question correctly. So uh, we've been keeping track of the leaderboard on um, answers to the listener question. Uh, So right now we have uh, Ian Davies at the top of the list with two correct answers. Uh, And then we have a three-way tie for second, essentially, uh, with Cameron Harrison uh, and Zen Power getting previous questions correct. And then uh, our person answering the last uh, question was Mark Brown. Full disclosure, he happens to be my brother. Now, that does not mean he cheated. He did not. But uh, (laughs) he did get the question correct. Um, So we have a little nepotism going on over here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, uh, he does happen to be a very big Star Trek fan and um, has been following the podcast. So uh, he was able to get that correct. Now, um, we also had a comment on one of our posts. Um, I put up a post uh, using a piece of art that depicts a lot of the characters in Star Trek, most of the, the, the main crews from the different series. And uh, a Twitter user named Hiroshina commented on that photo and said, so happy to see Archer and the crew so visibly included and even Porthos. So I will let you guys know if you are interested in that piece of art, the artist uh, posts over on DeviantArt under the username Nightwing1975. So that's all one word, Nightwing1975. Um, Absolutely fabulous depictions of the Star Trek characters over there. So that is what we have for previous feedback and posts. If you want to interact with us on social media, uh, you can find us on all the main platforms. We have our uh, Facebook page, and we also have a new Facebook group. So if you'd like to join us over there and interact with fellow listeners to the podcast, fellow Star Trek fans, uh, you'll find the Tribbles and Transporters podcast group and page. And then we also have Twitter, which is at Tribbles Podcast, and a Instagram, uh, Tribbles and Transporters Podcast. Then if you want to comment directly to us, we do also have our Gmail, which is tribblesandtransporters at gmail.com. Right, and you'll find the links to all of that in the episode description uh, in whatever app you're listening in. So uh, please do let us know what you guys think about the podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. If there's anything we can improve upon, we're, we're definitely open to suggestions. Or if you just want to let us know that you're enjoying the show, we also appreciate the encouragement. Um, if you're so inclined, uh, you can leave a rating on your Apple podcast app for us. That would help our visibility a little bit in the searches. We just want to say thanks for listening, as always. Uh, our next episode is going to be uh, swinging back around to the original series. We're going to be watching the second episode, Charlie X. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a spy type. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard that that this uh, episode um, is somewhat popular and everything, so uh, it should be a good watch. I think a lot of people enjoy uh, listening to us talk about the original series, especially since we haven't seen it really before. So looking forward to it. Again, thanks for listening. We hope you'll be back for Charlie X next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.